Crosswinds family and friends, welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to our executive producer, Eliza Merrill, and our producer, Sheldon Boyce. Um, They work extremely hard to make sure that this podcast comes out week after week after week, and I appreciate so much what they do. If you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out all things Crosswinds, crosswinds.church. I'm really excited to have in studio with me David Shields. He is our Connections Director um, here at uh, Crosswinds. Uh, David, how long have you actually had that title? (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather not disclose that information. Yeah, that's right. How long have you been in the position? Uh, About four weeks now. About four weeks. So he's been been a month, a month in. So we don't give people much. Time uh, into their position before we bring them into the podcast and introduce them to you, our, our Crosswinds family, whether you're a part of our church or just a regular listener to this podcast. Um, but what I'd like to do is in this episode is spend some time, David, getting to know you. Uh, what 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 has led up to you coming on staff here at Crosswinds? And so, one of the questions I like to ask a lot for for people who are first time in a podcast uh, for, with us is this: um, what what is your spiritual upbringing like? When did you come to Christ? How does that all how does all play into this? I mean, I assume you're working for a church now um, that there's some spiritual journey that led you here. And so, share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, I'll just say off the off the top there that God has a sense of humor. I'll just say that. <laughs> And I say that um, because I grew up in a complacent Christian home, meaning that my, I mean, we called ourselves Christians. We we uh, went to church maybe on Christmas Eve and maybe Easter, but that was uh, as far as we went, really. So I knew of God, but I didn't know God himself or any sort of spiritual discipline. So unfortunately, when I became a teenager, that um, fragile foundation crumbled and I was, you know, honestly, an atheist or agnostic for a lot of my middle school and high school years. And I remember debating a lot of my friends who were of faith and being like, you know what, you know, and I'm challenging them in their, um, in their Christian beliefs and, and, you know, just trying to belittle them in certain regards. And for that, I'm truly sorry. So if any of my friends are listening, I'm really sorry. Well, it made, uh, a, it made a strengthen their faith, yeah. right? Allow them to yeah. have better answers for the questions <laughs> you were raising. So, so, um, yeah, so, uh, after that, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, there's no God or whatever. And then it didn't hit me until I went to community college. And one of my actually friends that I was challenging, he started an intervarsity group at uh, the community college. And I'm like, oh, hey, I know him. I guess I'll attend. They got free pizza. You know, might as well just show up and, you know, catch up with them. And, you know, we you know, learned about God and I kind of felt a little awkward for some of it. But I'm like, okay. Maybe they're onto something. You know, billions of people believe in, you know, Jesus and God. Who's to say that I'm right? So I kind of became more open-minded with that. And then just, you know, as years went on, I'm like, you know what? No, I actually do believe in God. And I do believe in Jesus. But I didn't really have, like, I, I wasn't strict with what I um, wanted. To, like, I was authentic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, I still swore and drank and just was not a very... Um, authentic Christian or I didn't live up to Christ's standards. Um, but I will say um, my I came to realization in being authentic with Christ is when uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, and I broke up. I was living by myself in Buffalo and uh, I got a new job 
And I just remember feeling so alone and just so torn apart, being like, Lord, I really need you, and I know that you exist, and I will do anything just for you to, I don't know, give me peace. So I remember having that certain uh, realization and that um, coming to Jesus moment. I know some people have them, some people don't, but I mean, I'm really grateful that I did. And so from that moment on, I opened up my dusty Bible and I started to read it and really digest it and really apply it to my life. And I remember going to work and situations that may have set me off in the past. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to handle it differently. Lord, guide me the way, you know, that I speak to this person. They're being mean, but doesn't mean I have to be mean. You know, so, and then I started to attend church on the regular. And so we, uh, so I attended uh, um, t- uh, Eastern Hills Wesleyan Church up in Buffalo. Interesting history there. Uh, my college roommate uh, was one of the stu- student pastors they had there oh. uh, under the, he wasn't really the founding pastor, um, but he was sort of the founding pastor. I think when he went there, it was 20 people. Okay. Um, and when he left, it was uh, sort of when they built a new sanctuary and all that stuff. So, oh, wow. so I had a friend who served on staff there for, I think, six years. Oh, yeah. wow. So I have some history of Eastern Hills. Oh, I love that. Actually, not that this podcast is about me, my first job offer was from Eastern Hills. Really? Yeah. Um, Carl Eastlack, who was the pastor there, had offered me a position, um, but um, another church that I eventually went to had offered me one, too. Oh. And so I went to the other one, and then a year later, my friend, um, who went out, wild story, not worth the podcast right now. But yeah, so I have some history there at Eastern oh, Hills, so that's okay. really cool that it, it, you have a history there as well. <laughs> have a great, uh, great respect for the church and yeah. its history and the work that it's done over the years. Absolutely, yeah. It's a gorgeous church, and uh, and I remember just like really like you know so a couple months in I'm like I really you know I'm relying on you Jesus, and um, you know we got um, I was just started to get to know the people and actually funny enough my girlfriend that I broke up with we actually uh, got back together at that church and we just. And actually, it's my wife now, funny enough. It's, uh, By the Haley. way, church is a great place to meet your future wife for people out there. <laughs> exactly. It was really um, funny, though, too, because she said she felt like, I don't know, like when she attended there, I bumped into her. And she had a brownie, and she knew how much I love brownies, but she wasn't expecting to see me. She just, I'm going to grab this brownie. I don't know what to expect, but I'm just going to grab it. So when I bumped into her, she's like, do you want this? I'm like, Yes, but I also want you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, you know, through um, her own development with God, you know, she followed her own path and tried to rekindle that relationship with, uh, you know, Jesus in, in her own life, and I did with mine, and that's what made her stronger. And so shortly thereafter, or, not, you know, a couple, I would say probably a year or year and a half or so, then we got married, and we've been married for five years. Five years, that's yeah. great. That's great. <laughs> so what brought you from Buffalo to this area? Mm. Yeah, so we actually moved yeah from Buffalo to this area because my um, once we got married, my uh, wife she got a job offer as a teacher um, in the Rochester area, and that was uh, kind of a funny story though too. Is that she was applying everywhere, and the one job offer she got was all the way in Rome, okay, Rome, New York. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to move to Rome, New York, you know. I, I there's so it was hard for me to apply jobs out there because you couldn't do interviews and all that. But I'm like, I want to, you know, I don't know how this is gonna work. So we just prayed about it. Like, the Lord, is this where you really want to guide us? To Rome, New York. And then I would say probably about a week or so before or before we're supposed to move out, she got a job offer for Rochester. And then they're like, hey, you know, Haley, we'd love to have you as a teacher of the deaf and whatever else. She's like, Absolutely, I'll take it. So we've been here, yeah, since 2018. Now, how did you connect with Crosswinds mm. as you came here then? So we kind of went church hopping just a little bit. Sure. So we went to, you know, Browncroft real quick and just didn't feel like it was home. And so I did my research because um, I'm like, I wanted to attend uh, a Wesleyan church since Eastern Hills was Wesleyan, and I want to kind of have that same feel and that same, you know, um, theology. And so we're like, um, where do we go? So I did just a, 
quick search on Google. I'm like, oh, crosswinds in Canadagua. And we lived in Macedon at the time. Okay. So it's like, oh, half an hour drive. That's not too bad. So um, so we did the drive and we showed up for one one time. Like, okay, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And I think we showed up the next, for the following Sunday and we bumped into Chris Taylor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was like, hey, let me give you guys a tour because you guys are new, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then that, that struck us like even further, but this place we can call home, a church home. Like it just solidified it for us. Because when it looked like cross, uh, Eastern Hills, excuse me, just a little bit, and then too, it just felt very hospitable, you know, with everybody being nice and hey, you guys are new. Thank you for coming. Thank you for checking us out. I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. So, oh. you know, so we've been here, yeah, ever since. And and it's kind of funny too, just real quick, because I know, you know, we we got you know into this church and then like, okay, we'll just attend. We'll we'll see what happens. And then it was like, well. Join a small group. Okay, all right. You know, we, we would love to have some young, you know, uh, uh, Bible-believing friends as well. And then and then it's like, oh, by the way, one-on-one. Uh, you know, so now a couple of years later, now it's like, oh, now you're going to work for our church. You know? <laughs> oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I didn't really have that in my, uh, my uh, purview, but I love it. That's awesome. So you, how long was it since you were attending that you started small group? Hmm. Um, so we started at 10 in 2018, and I think we started small group by 2019. Okay. So just about, a, probably less than a year, but yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah. And then how far, like, from being in a small group to one-on-one discipleship? That was probably, I'd say, probably about a year or less than a year or something okay. like that again. So in less than two years, yeah. you went from sort of showing up, yep. now you're in a small group, one-on-one. Yep. I mean, you're into it. Yep. You're into it, right? And then, and then, actually, funny enough, after that, then I people are like, "Hey, do you want to serve?" And I'm like, "I would love to. I love, you know, I love people engaging with people." So I'm like, "Do you guys get any opening for a greeter position?" Yeah, oh, great. So that's actually um, how I met so many people that attend church is by opening the door for them, and they're like, and I had the little name tag. Oh, thanks, David. Thanks. Oh, yeah, no problem. And now I see him walk by. Oh, hey, here you are in the info central. We missed you at the atrium door. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm new position. You know? You know? So like, oh, okay, well, well. You know, best of luck. You know. So your atrium door. Yes, that atrium. Was your, that was your connection. Exactly. <laughs> I actually, it's interesting. You know, it's probably the the least used door on a on a, on a weekend service, oh, okay. but um, but it's the prettiest, I think, entrance to the facility. Yeah. It, it's like it's like brilliant, right? A lot yeah. of light, a lot. It's glass. I mean, it, it's 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 by far. I I love that entrance, and yet it has the smallest of the three parking lots. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, I appreciate having it, but uh, but it's sort of an interesting thing when you come here. So if you get a chance to come through the atrium entrance, you should check that out. Absolutely, I, I, I doubled down on that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, so talk to me. So so um so you're married, mm-hmm. newly married, five, five years in, right? Yep. Um. What's your family look like now? Is it you and your wife? I already know the answer to this, but I want everyone else to hear it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's my wife, um, Haley, of five years. And uh, just uh, about three months ago, a little less than that, uh, we actually introduced a new baby girl. And her name is Lucille. Uh, we named her Lucy after the show I Love Lucy, or Lucille Ball, actually, because I was born in Jamestown, New York, and that's the same hometown that Lucille Ball was born in. That is so cool. I didn't even know that. Wow, that is wild. So I'm like, you know, what's how, how do I pay homage to, to my own hometown? I'm like, what's this name of daughter Lucy? And we, Haley loved it, too. And, and anyway, I, we compromised, too, because she's like, okay, we'll do that, but the middle name's got to be Dolores after her grandmother. Oh, like, sure. Deal. Yes. So, so we our friends make fun of us. They're like, okay, she's got two first, old, like, older kind of generations. 
generation names. And, you know, so she came out of the womb as an old lady, essentially. Of course, you never know how things cycle. Yes, that's so true. I yeah. mean, you may, they may seem old now, and then all of a sudden she'll hit kindergarten, you go, wow, there's like 50 Lucille's. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like when you look at name trends, you, you have no idea until your kids get older and you go, I didn't realize. I thought I was picking a unique yep. name and then realize how ununique it was. It was sort of, <laughs> sort of an odd thing, but uh, she's adorable, by the way. Uh, adorable. Uh, she lights up uh, anywhere she is, and, and you can always tell where she is because there's a ton of people yeah. coming over to say hi. Uh, so you were, you guys were popular, but more popular with oh, her. Oh yeah, because uh, you, you now have her. So that, that's just an amazing <laughs> thing. Well, just just sort of to, to go off on maybe a little rabbit trail here, but for any new parents out there, those who are expecting for the first time, how has that changed your life? <sighs> well. <laughs> A big side. Yeah, <laughs> sleep deprivation for one. You know, the first couple of weeks were super tough. I'm like, I've never been this tired my whole life. Sure. Um, but that aside, I've never been so happy, so blessed. Yeah. You know, I look at her and I see a little, a little bit of me, a little bit of Haley, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Lord, I'm so thankful that we have such a beautiful little, you know, girl in our in our life now who just looks up to me as if I'm, you know, I don't know, like the best thing in the world, you know, and it just it just with such pure love, and I love that. Um, so I would say, and I'm learning a lot about myself being like, okay, I, you know, she's a child. I want to be patient. How could I be the best role model for her? Yeah. You know, setting boundaries with certain, you know, family members in a sense too. You know, we, we saw my family and, you know, they have a, like, you know, sailor mouth, if you will, you know, a lot of swear words. And I, can we keep it down? I got a little girl here and I don't want her to pick any of that up. Even though she's not talking, you know, I want to make sure that we set the ground rules, um, now. Sure, sure. You know, it's interesting. I've often said of myself that marriage taught me a ton about myself, mm. and uh, certainly parenting has too, but parenting has taught me a ton about God um, from the perspective of just love. Mm. Um, certainly marriage did that, but when you have this child, you know, all of a sudden all the, all the passages that talk about us being a child of God had a new a new sort of lens, right, as I looked at them. And then just understanding, you know, you have one, so I've got three, and now two grandkids and two grandkids on the way, by the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, I got married when I was 14, and so, you know, they're, they're all young. That's not true. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, there's this, there's this amazing reality of, you know, you think about, well, how can God love everybody, you know, and he loves them all equal. And then all of a sudden you, you start to have this growing family and you realize, but what I do that. And if I can do that as a flawed human being, God can do that perfectly. Absolutely. There's just so much patience you talk about, you know, and there's times where I've been impatient with my kids and thought, my goodness, but God has been so patient with me. Yes. How dare I be so impatient with that? Discipline. Mm -hmm. God disciplines me. <laughs> I, you know, this is something that God's called me to do so that they can grow. Just so much you learn there. And it's just it's such a fantastic thing. And, you know, um, I've loved being a parent, yep. loved being a grandparent, um, just love, um, you know, I have a precious wife who's just by far above my pay grade uh, in marriage, and I'm not just saying that, it's true. And I, I agree just, with you. I feel like a very blessed man for all those things, you know, and just learn so much through that. Because the reality of it is our spiritual walk um, ha doesn't happen. I shared this last weekend in a message I, I shared. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in a daily grind of life. And so, you know, so much we learn about ourselves and God comes from, you know, I love what you said when you were getting serious about God, dusting off that Bible, reading the Word. How does this apply? Because mm. I think for so many people, the Word of God is, is, is separate from life, yeah. right? Like I read this and yeah, that's true, but then you leave that time and just go on as if nothing had happened. Yeah. 
But man, we experience God's word. It's 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 a, it's a face-to-face encounter with him. And um, it ought to have an impact on our conversations, you know? And, and it's certainly much of the time for me, especially in the earlier stages of really applying God's word, there was a lot of holy ouch moments, I like to say, because you know, I catch it later. I go, oh, in that conversation, you know, where your word's wholesome, you know, where, where you're building people up, you know. But over time, as you see the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work in conjunctions to really form us, it's a brilliant thing to, to be able to sit back and look and go, wow, I've, I've really grown. Got a lot, of, a lot of growing to do, a lot of growing to do, but I've really grown. <laughs> I know, it sounds I, like that's been true for you. Oh, 100%. And, and the, the one thing that just keeps popping out is I think Matthew West has got a song, too, where it's just like, you know, my, my daughter's, because he has got two, but for my case, for my daughter, she looks up to me, but who am I going to look up to? You know, yeah. so that's where I get my my source, my energy, my love, and all that from. Because Jesus is where everything you know should be centered. So I want her to you know look to to me and, and like set a good, um, I guess a good role model. You know that I get my you know I look to Jesus. So, yeah, we, we hopefully yeah. live in such a way that is that Christ is con- attractive to them. Yes, yeah, you know, and not in a way where where we would take away from that. Not that the God can't work beyond us; He does. He's the one that ultimately woos them unto himself. But, but man, we have a big role, don't we, as parents? Yeah. And, and you know, I say to the to the church family, anytime we do a child dedication, which is where the parents come and say, look, we want to dedicate this kid to the Lord, and and would you pray with us as we do this, this time of this real intimate time between them and the Lord, and everyone else is sort of looking in, right? Yeah. And one of the things earlier in my pastor that I really started to do, I thought, you know, this isn't just really about about them. I got it from actually one of my lead pastors, that the lead pastor I served under. It's about us. Like now they're dedicating them to the Lord, but can we dedicate ourselves to these parents and say, you know, along with them, we want to live in a way as a church family that, that directs these kids, knowing that none of us are, are perfect, we're being perfected. But even in that journey, that we can be honest about that. So they hunger for the thing of God that, that we are experiencing. And so what, what a beautiful thing. Congratulations. Uh, welcome to the parenting family. It's, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. Thank you. I know, you, I know you mentioned the uh, baby dedication, and we're very excited to do that too. Oh. Um, I, I forget when the next one is. I think it's October or something I like that. I think it is, yes. You know, because we're excited to, you know, I want to start it off right and just, you know, uh, have her, you know, just, you know, we'll just, we'll, I want everybody to church congregation just to pray over her and make sure that you know she can um have that that strong foundation for the rest of her life i want her to make i don't want her making the same mistakes that i made when i was you know a young kid you know so i want her to kind of think like okay i'm gonna have god as my foundation from you know infancy to childhood to a you know teenager so when things are hard that she doesn't just wash her hands with it you know or you know maybe hard you know circumstances but she's always going to rely on her faith absolutely so. and you know and, and the word of god is uh doesn't a lot of times we look at the book of proverbs as a book of promises it's not it's a book of observations mm-hmm. but the but the proverb that says you know train up a child in the way they go and they will not depart from it is is a is an observation that more times than not when you do that that's exactly how it happens now you know I, i'll warn you um that doesn't mean perfection for them either it's not perfection <laughs> for us and you know there, there's certainly some some, uh, some uh, our path isn't a straight one, and it won't be for our kids. But I have found um, that to be true. Uh, that you know, even in some of the straying times of, of the children, um, that they they have known where their true center is and have gone back to. And so I'm I'm thankful for that. And uh, I was a student pastor for over eight years, and I used and people used to come up and compliment. You know, well, what a 
what a strong student ministry. So we won't know for 10 years because, <laughs> uh, you know, they're going to head out. They're going to go into the world. And the things that we're trying to establish in our life here won't be, the fruit of that won't be seen until about a decade. That's very true. Uh, you know, and so what, what an what a amazing opportunity it is, you know. And we as a church uh, have had a history way before I got here. I mean, way, way back. Uh, of making the next generation our focus, you know, for the most part, and saying, man, we just want to make sure that we're pouring into these generations coming up. I'm so thankful for for the graphing in that I was the privilege of doing as a lead pastor of just this amazing decision from from the beginning of the, really the building of this facility of saying, no, you know, we're, we're going to not build for the adults right now. We're going to build for children and teens and so forth. And then I feel a real responsibility to continue that um, as lead pastor. So, yeah, that's great. And so hopefully uh, she'll have a place where she can know that she, she is part of our focus. We want to make sure that, that we're doing things that point her to Jesus. Absolutely. Well, as, as we're talking through this, you know, so you're in this new position. We'll talk about this a little more in the next episode. But I have to ask the question. Um, you know, I felt a call to ministry when I was five. Mm. Um, this will tell you the type of home I came up in. When I told my parents that, um, they never physically like expressed disappointment, but I was told later, like 10 years later, when my parents came to Christ. So I was, I was a Christian like a whole decade before they did, um, my child years and into my teen years. Um, I found out later that my mom actually cried and said to my dad, what did we do wrong? My dad's response was, don't worry, it's a face. Like, who has the pastor face? Like, especially at five, right? <laughs> he, he'll want to be a fireman tomorrow. That's literally what he said. Oh, of course, that, did, that wasn't true. Um, the Lord kept that, that. You're now working for a church. Was that something? When did, when did that become even an, uh, something on your radar? When did you think about it? Have you ever thought about it? What, no. what happened? No, no, no. I'm glad you're here, no, by the yeah, way. Me but too. What, what are you doing here? I, I, you know, I don't know. I just that's the thing is that I went uh, to school for political science, sure. you know, and I just went back, you know, a couple of years during COVID, you know, and I just graduated with a, a BA. I'm like, yay, cool! I can get the pol- and get the politics now. And there was no jobs out there that really pertain to me and a good conscience. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of scary. There's no jobs. And then Ryan came over to see uh, the baby Lucy, and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, there's an opening, you know, Crosswinds, if you're interested. I'm like. Yeah, who knows? You know, whatever. And then I started picking his brain, like you know, uh, you know, what does it entail? What's the job title? Um, you know, you know, do you need to have a degree in, in a ministry? And he's like, no, it's you know, it's uh, all administrative, and you're good at with people, Dave. You know, and you're very um, nice. So that's that's a huge thing, and you're integrated with the church already. And I'm like, okay, well. I'll apply, I guess. Let me pray over it. So I prayed, and I just, and I'm like, and I was like, Lord, if I'm meant for it, I pray that I can apply. And if not, then I pray that I can go to somebody extremely qualified. And, and you know, end of story. But I just felt the kept the call in my heart, and so I'm like, I'll just apply. You know, and the worst <laughs> thing I could say is no, right? And then Betty called, and just everything fat, and all the puzzle pieces. And then I'm like, uh, and now I'm working for four weeks, and I just absolutely love it. Of all the jobs I've ever had, this is my favorite one. I know 90% of the staff. I love the job. I love working on Sundays. Which is weird because most people don't like working on you know on the weekends, but just engaging with new people and being oh hey I'm new to the crosswinds you know and I'm interested in small groups or whatever and just trying to find them and, and what's the best niche and you know um, getting them plugged in you know and that's kind of a nice thing for my brain to work at how can I serve God in the best way possible and so this is kind of a, like a whole contrary uh, perspective when I was a teenager being like no I'm you know I'm trying to you know challenge people and now I'm like no let's 
I want people to see the word and see Christ, you know, and I just... That's great. So that's where it's like, it, God has a sense of humor, sense of humor you know. <laughs> What's funny, because uh, when your name came up, um, it came with so many recommendations. Like, it was, <laughs> like, coming from, from all different angles of leadership on the team and other people and hey, we think he would do great. And then, you know, you start asking others, you know, outside, you know, and it was like just crazy. And so our executive pastor, Betty, came to me and said, you know, um, do you want to do you want to think about this, pray about this? I'm like, well, for all these recommendations, I can pray about it, but it seems like the Lord is saying you at least need to have this conversation. And so, so uh, you came extremely highly recommended, and uh, um, it's been an honor to have you here for this month. I mean, it's just you, you've added a lot to the team and to, to, you know, just the mission of what God's called us to already. And so I can't wait to see what God does over the next several months and hopefully longer than that. But uh, uh, as we talk through that. Um, so I w- that's why I want to start next time. So next episode, I want to I talk about your heart for what you're doing, which is your connections director. Um, we, we sort of got your background. And I think that's so important because I think, first of all, you know, even though I was called to pastor uh, vocational ministry at a young age, I wasn't raised in a church home. Like, I was sent off to church, which was really weird, but my parents weren't church. Like I said, they didn't come to Christ for a decade, you know? Um, and so all of us just have different backgrounds. And when people see us as they come in, you know, to Crosswinds, I think a lot of times the, 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 the first thought is, oh, yeah, they were raised in a Christian home, or they were perfect kids, or they've never had issues. And, and the reality of it is, I don't care how good your home was. <laughs> All of us have a story, you know? And so it's good for people to hear that and just to encourage that no matter where they find themselves, um, God has a plan for them. God has a plan for them, and it's never too late, whatever that plan looks like. Um, everyone should not be on staff at a church. Um, I'm so thankful that we're not all on staff at a church because our call is actually to be everyday missionaries in the mission field. And so I'm thankful for those who are doing that. But for those of us who are here, we, we feel a great responsibility to be all we can be to empower them and, and teach them and encourage them in their mission work out there, as we're doing it too. It just happens to be it's a little more, um, you have to be a little more intentional when, when most of your days are spent on a camp, on a church campus rather than in a workplace or school, but but it's still a privilege to be that everyday missionary alongside the rest of the church family. So as we sort of conclude this, this first of two uh, episodes together, these first two, um, let me ask you this, what, what would be your, like your, your final word? To, uh, to mm-hmm. on this episode to those who are listening, and you can you can go any direction you want, <laughs> any direction you want. What would you say? Gosh. The one thing that pops up to me is, is that your past does not define you. Yeah. You know, it's a huge thing for me because I've had kind of an ugly past. Just, um, just made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I had I carried a lot of baggage for many years, more than I probably should have. And so when I came to Christ, you know, it came to me like I don't. That's not what defines me. That's not who I am. And and Christ is what defines me, and that's what I want to strive to be even more uh, like, you know, and Christ-like. That's and awesome. So um, good word. Th- thank you, thank you. So so I've you know I'm that's that's one thing I would say to people is that your past does not define you. I love to say that God was recycling before it was cool, and you know <laughs> He brings beauty out of ashes. You know He gives not just second chances, but chance after chance after chance, and uh, He He's so faithful even when we're not. And again, I would just echo uh, what David's saying, man. There's a plan for you out there. If you're listening and you're questioning that, it, it, you're, the plan God has for you is not based on really how you see yourself. It's based on who God is. 
and you plus God is a majority. And uh, I just want to say, um, man, just lean into the Lord and and, and hold on for the ride because it's it's a it's a, it's a wild and crazy and yet beautiful ride um, when you say yes to Jesus. Well, I can't wait for our next episode. Um, and so join us next week as we continue our conversation with David Shields, our Connections Director here, um, who's been here for the long four weeks. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to hear his heart for Connections. And uh, again, if, if you want to learn more about the podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church, crosswinds.church. And for now, as always, be blessed and bless others.